الحمد لله الحمد لله خالق الوجود من العدم وجاعل النور من الظلم ومخرج الصبر من الألم فملق التوبة على الندم فنشكره على المصائب كما نشكره على النعم ونصلي على رسوله الأكرم ذي الشرف الأشم والنور الأتم والكتاب المحكم وكمال النبيين والخاتم سيدي ولدي آدم الذي بشر به عيسى بن مريم ودعا لبعثته إبراهيم عليه السلام حين كان يرفع قواعد بيت الله المحرم فصلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى أتباعه خير الأمم الذين بارك الله بهم كافة الناس العرب منهم والعجم فالحمد لله الذي لم يتخذ ولدا ولم يكن له شريك في الملك ولم يكن له ولي من الذل وكبره تكبيرا والحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا والحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبد الله ورسوله أرسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم والله جعل لكم من أنفسكم أزواجا وجعل لكم من أزواجكم بنين وحفدة ورزقكم من الطيبات أفبالباطل يؤمنون وبنعمة الله هم يكفرون رب شح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي واللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله واللهم اجعلنا من الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر آمين يا رب العالمين in today's khutbah, I will be speaking with you mostly about a single ayah of Surah An-Nahl. Surah An-Nahl is the 16th surah of the Qur'an, and this is the 72nd ayah. I'm going to translate that for you first. Wallahu ja'ala lakum min anfusikum azwaja. That Allah furnished for you, provided for you, from your own selves, spouses. Wajala lakum min azwajikum baneen. And from your spouses, He provided for you children. Wahafada. And those of service to you, it's also translated grandchildren. We'll talk about that in a second. So it could mean children and grandchildren. وَرَزَقَكُمْ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ And He provided you of all kinds of good and pure things. أَفَبِالْبَاطِلِ يُؤْمِنُونَ Then are they going to believe in falsehood after all of that? وَبِنِعْمَةِ اللَّهِ هُمْ يَكْفُرُونَ And are they going to be disbelieving in the favor of Allah? This ayah is a very heavy, deep message from Allah Azza wa Jal. And I, want to, I hope that in the few minutes that we have together, we can at least contemplate on some of the things that are happening, certainly not all of them, inside of this remarkable ayah. Many places in the Qur'an, Allah will talk to us about things that He's done for us as a favor. The things that He's created around us that are beautiful or of service to us, that benefit us. And we should contemplate on that and become grateful to Allah. Clearly the message in this ayah is to become grateful because the ayah concludes that they are ungrateful to the favor of Allah. That if you work backwards from that, then that means that everything Allah has mentioned in this ayah is something I should be grateful for. So the spouse, husband and wife, children 
and then grandchildren, and by beyond grandchildren, as we'll talk in a second, are all people in my life I should be grateful for. This already becomes a big challenge because it's easy to be grateful for an apple. It's easy to be grateful for your car because the car does exactly what you want it to do. You know, it's easy to be grateful for food on the table because it provides you nutrition immediately. It's easy to be grateful for the job because you get a paycheck at the end of the day. Right? They're easy to be grateful for clothes because they cover me and they protect me from the elements. It's easy to be grateful for things, the benefit of which I see immediately. But I don't know about being grateful for the wife or the husband or the children and the grand... I mean, that can get complicated. Seriously, have you met them? Because you, you want me to... You, they're a blessing? Have you, have you met my dad? That's supposed to be a blessing? Have you met my kids? Do you know how they talk to me? They're supposed to be a blessing? I'm supposed to be grateful for this? Like you could, it's easy for me to just translate the ayah and say, hey, Allah wants us to be grateful for our spouses, our children, our grandchildren. And by the way, to make this more complicated and interesting, hafada is used for grandkids. And actually the conventional plural for uh, hafid, hafid is a grandchild, is actually ahfad and hufada. Uh, that means grandkids. And hafada, at-tabari, others also commented, is kullu man yu'in wa yakhdim, everyone who serves. Everyone who's of service to you by way of getting married, everyone who comes to your aid, or everyone that gets connected to you by way of getting married is actually part of hafada. So Mujahid early on even considered uh, in-laws part of hafada. So here's an ayah in the Qur'an about in-laws if anybody was wondering. And what makes it even more complicated is we're supposed to be grateful for our in-laws. What? Have, seriously, those people? <laughs> you know, after everything I've been through with them, I'm supposed to be grateful for them. What this is, this is why when I say an ayah, we can read it, we can read the translation and move on, or we can stop and say, wait, this is about me? How is this about me? How does, this must be talking about someone else. They, they, must be, they must have children that they should be grateful for, because they have good kids. They don't have my kind of kids. They must, be, they must have a spouse that gives them peace, not my spouse. They only give me anxiety and trouble and arguments. That's all they give me. They don't give me a reason to consider. And so... I, it's easy for them to be grateful for the favor of Allah, but I can't possibly be grateful for this. I don't have that kind of peace in my life. Allah didn't make an exception. By the way, for those of you who have good kids, and good grandkids, and great in-laws, and a wonderful spouse, those of you should be grateful. The rest of you can complain online and make memes about them. Right? <laughs> you could do that. No, that's not, there's no exception here. It's for everyone. And then if you, if you and I ponder about this a little deeper, if you study the Prophet's lives, many of them, they have a lot of trouble coming from their spouse, like Nuh or Lut Some Prophets have trouble coming from their children, like Nuh or Yaqub They're getting trouble from their children. Ibrahim is worried that his grandkids and their future generations are going to fall into shirk. And it actually happens from the children of Ibrahim So all of that is a reality and no one knows that reality better than Allah Himself, and that same Rabb is telling me to be grateful at the end of this ayah. So the first thing I wanted to do in this khutbah is to present this almost riddle to you. What, what, how are we supposed to unlock this? How are we supposed to make sense of this? Because Allah Azza wa Jal has con commanded us, or actually even complained to us, don't they contemplate deeply the Qur'an? Or, are, or do hearts have their own locks placed on them? One of the ways you can think, and I can think about that ayah, is if I'm refusing to think about what Allah says and contemplate it, maybe something hasn't unlocked in my heart yet. 
Like there's some, I'm not really thinking about it from my heart and really applying it to myself and it's keeping me from contemplating. So I pray that Allah unlocks all of our hearts as we contemplate his word. So now, going back, going a little, ste stepping a bit further back. Let's pay attention to the end of the ayah again. He says, Are they going to believe in falsehood? Strange thing to say. Are they going to believe in falsehood? You would imagine an ayah like this, if the beginning of the ayah was about shirk or false gods, you know, and they worship other than Allah, and then they, they believe in batil. That's where this, this conversation fits. But that's not the conversation. The conversation was, he provided you spouses from yourselves and children and grandchildren and in-laws and extended family and those who support you and all of that stuff. And then are you going to believe in batil? Are they still going to believe in batil? SubhanAllah, what is this doing here? So, so the, 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 another riddle, I'm adding riddle on top of riddle, riddle now. right? Are they going to believe in falsehood? And then falsehood, the opposite of falsehood is truth. Right? So, Should they believe in, are they going to believe in falsehood and not believe in the truth? Because the opposite of falsehood is truth. But he didn't say truth, he said the favor of Allah. He said the favor of Allah and said. And if you want to go with the favor of Allah and use its opposite, the naqma, so they can say, are they going to believe in you know, difficulties? Are they going to have faith in things that give them trouble, masaib? And they're going to deny the favors of Allah. So either you say truth and falsehood, or you say favor and discomfort. But he didn't use, he mixed the two. There's an idmaj between these two. And this is a profound place to begin. Sometimes, you know, in language we accept, we, we expect simple opposites, day and night. Good and evil, right? These are simple opposites. But in the Quran, sometimes Allah gives us complicated opposites. Like he doesn't go, the opposite of A is B. He'll give us something else instead. And He gives us a dimension, a way of thinking about opposites that's, that only Allah can give. In this ayah, one of the things Allah is teaching you and me is the opposite of falsehood, instead of being truth, is the favor of Allah. And the favor of Allah is actually a substitute for truth itself. In a, now, now this is very powerful. And by the way, the word is haqq for truth. And haqq also means purposefulness. It doesn't just mean truth. It means purposefulness. Okay? So Allah says, خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ بِالْحَقِّ He created the skies and the earth with purpose. And the word for purpose there is what? Truth. الحق. So The word haqq has two dimensions. So let's contemplate this from that point of view. Allah is telling me that sometimes I see my disobedient child, my son who talks back to me, my daughter who doesn't even say, Wa my grandkids who've forgotten about me, my spouse who disrespects me and complains about me to others, he sees all of that, and I see a problem, but you know, even in the most difficult relationships, there is a ni'mah, and that ni'mah, the blessing, is not coming from them, that blessing can only come from Allah. What's coming from them is something hurtful. But behind that something hurtful, there's a greater wisdom, and in that wisdom, that ni'mah can only come from Allah. So Allah didn't just say, وَبِن هُمْ يَكْفُرُونَ He said, وَبِن هُمْ يَكْفُرُونَ He attributed the ni'mah to himself. 
He didn't attribute the ni'mah to them, to himself. So I need to now start thinking deeper about difficult conversations I have in my family, difficult situations I have to deal with. And so we're going to take a step back and say, change our worldview a little bit about our own family. Because this, this ayah is about our extended family. In fact, most people, when they have complaints in their life, other than financial or health complaints, if they have complaints about human beings in their life, they're probably human beings in their own family. Like that's where most of our drama exists. That's where most of our stress comes from. When you get a phone notification, before you even check your phone, like, oh, I hope it's not from her. You know, you're already bracing yourself. Or when you're, when you're having a, you're at a wedding, you're gathering, and you know, and you're having a good time, and you look over, and she just looked at you, or you just looked at her, and she's like, uh-oh, he's going to say something when we get in the car. This is not going to be good. But you're already like preparing yourself, you're clenching your teeth before you engage in the next exchange, right? Well, you know what? Maybe there's another way of looking at this. Somebody asked me a question recently, and I want to maybe use that as an example to help us apply this ayah a little bit better. Somebody calls their, you know, a mom calls their daughter and tells her, you know, your cousin, this one, we'll call her cousin A. Your cousin A is always saying bad things about cousin B. What is wrong with her? Why is she always talking bad about cousin B? And the daughter says, don't worry, mom. She was just giving her her good deeds. You know, because when you speak behind someone's back, you may have to give them their good deeds in the akhirah. So don't worry about it, mom. Right? Am I doing the right thing when I do that? And I, and I hear about this conversation and I say, well, when you're talking about cousin A doing such a bad thing, you're backbiting too. <laughs> the irony of it. And then there's another problem. Aren't you so comfortable saying, don't worry about it, we'll make them pay in the afterlife? Hold on a second. Uh, if somebody came to you and said, if somebody wanted to take all your life savings now, walk into your house, take your car keys, take your credit cards, take your bank passwords, walk out. Don't worry about it. We'll just take... You can't give up something from your, from your life and you're so comfortable giving up your cousin's akhirah. Like, it's okay, we'll just collect on judgment day. Maybe if we took a step back and say, no, there's a purpose for which this conflict is happening, and we need to take this challenge and turn it into a ni'mah, because Allah is calling all of these relationships ni'mah. It's not just ni'mah that my son or my cousin or my family or my in-laws exist. That's not the ni'mah, clearly. It's not just that they exist. Their, their, their relationships with me are a series of experiences, conversations, exchanges. How do I turn this into a ni'mah? Mom, have you ever asked our cousin why she's so angry? Something must have happened. When did it happen? Oh, you remember that wedding when they did this, this, this? Okay, so it's been like that since? Yes, it's been like that since. Maybe we should bring them together and just solve this problem. Maybe we should just help end this instead of furthering it. Talking about it and complaining about it, maybe we should be part of that solution so this family can actually experience ni'mah. People are brought into your family and people are brought into my family for better or for worse, Allah brought them together for a purpose. Everything He does is for a purpose. Sometimes you look at your brother, you're like, how are you my brother? Sometimes people look at their parents like, seriously, you're my parents? Like I'm nothing like you. How are you my parents? Sometimes you, have, you wonder, like if, if we weren't family, I don't know if I would have anything to do with you or would want to have anything to do with you. But Allah put people together for a purpose. He knows exactly who to you know, put in whose family and who to connect and tie to each other genetically. In fact, he even planned for who should be your in-laws. 
He planned for that too. Now, all of that can feel like a big trial, but if I, if I contemplate this ayah a certain way, I need to find the blessing in it, and I cannot find the blessing in it unless I look, look at everything purposefully. Maybe behind this conflict, I need to be purposeful and find the right thing to do, the right things to say to fix this conflict. Allah talks about people who really believe in Him, and He says, and th those who do fasad, on the opposite side, He says, وَيَقْطَعُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ أَنْ يُصَلْ وَيُفْسِدُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ They cut apart what Allah commanded to keep together. Like families are hard to keep together. You know, spouses are hard to keep together. Kids are hard to keep together. The conflicts between siblings can be very intense. The conflicts between parents and kids can be very intense. The conflict between your family and your in-law's family can be very intense. Those are not small conflicts. But in, in all of those conflicts, if I look at that purposefully, if I look at, you know what, I'm going to turn this into a blessing somehow. I'm going to find a way of resolving this conflict. I'm going to find a way of engaging this conversation. Allah put our prophets in such difficulty. And he, they found a way of seeking the favor of Allah because they looked at everything purposefully. So this is one of the first lessons that we draw from Another thing that I'd like to remind myself and all of you of in these ayat is that Allah Azza wa says, وَاللَّهُ جَعَلَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا Really heavy words. Allah didn't just say He made you, He gave you spouses. That would have been easier. Wallahu ja'ala lakum azwajan. Allah provided you spouses. Good enough. Nope. Allahu ja'ala lakum min anfusikum azwajan. Allah furnished for you, provided for you, for you from your own selves, from within yourselves. Now, the, the, contemplating this, some of us had really interesting thoughts. Who, is, who are you? You and I are human beings. And the word to be, to be human, the word insan, is tied to uns and istinas. It's tied to compassion, love, care, courtesy. Those are feelings that human beings were given inside of them. To have, to have regard for somebody else's feelings. Like for example, when Allah says about not entering people's homes without permission. Like if you just saw, if you went to some friend's house, you can't just walk in, right? Hatta tasta'nisu until you can feel that you're wanted, right? And so you shouldn't go at 3 a.m. to your friend's house and say, hey, so he, doesn't, he doesn't mind. I can just walk in. No, you can't just walk in, and you shouldn't go at it at a, an uncomfortable hour. You should have the sense of when this is a courteous thing to do. The, the word for human beings is actually directly tied to the word for care, courtesy, feelings, love, compassion. Uns and istinas. Allah says, he made my spouse from the same elements that he made me. If I have feelings, if I have thoughts, if I have considerations, she does too. And a spouse should think, if I have feelings, some things bother me. I love some things, I care about some things. He cares about some things too. And they can't be the same. We're not the same. He differentiated between the male and the female. So we both have feelings, we both have sensitivities, and at the same time, we're both really different. And when Allah says, min anfusikum azwajan, there's a really beautiful you know, ishara in these, in these words. There's an indication in these words that because they are from me, I have to try to feel, how, you know, if they're saying something that's hurtful, where's that coming from? What feeling did that come from? What would make her say that? It's not just because she's evil, or not because they're just arrogant, 
Now, those are easy answers, right? This person's so arrogant, they said this, this, and this. But maybe behind what you think is arrogance is pain. And you have your way of dealing with pain, and they have a very different way of dealing with pain. And their pain comes out in hurtful, hurtful words. Or what you think are hurtful words. So if we develop this, this isti'nas, then in our, in our family relationships, you wouldn't see your son as being disrespectful. You would see behind that disrespect, something happened that needs to get resolved. Some, there's a wall there that you need to break with your love and compassion. And you need to do that purposefully. You need to, to understand the larger purpose. Allah wants these people that were put in a family, Allah wants them to stick with each other. Allah wants them to overcome their barriers. Wallahu ja'ala lakum min anfusikum azwajan. It's also interesting that in these ayat, Allah provided you children. Allah provided you in-laws, grandchildren, others that will serve your purpose, others that will be of benefit to you. Allah is saying that because, the, and all of it starts with azwaj, meaning you get married, when you get married, you connect it to another family. Because you connected to another family, maybe one day you lost a job, or you had a difficulty, and it was your, your wife's cousin's friend that helped you out. You know, there's connections that are made that Allah provided help for you, risk for you in ways you couldn't have imagined because of that relationship. Because connections were formed through that. So Allah is telling us that we should look at our, the human relations that we have and the impact of those relationships as all part of Allah's plan that He provided. The people that came into my life are people that He provided. That doesn't mean that it always works out. It doesn't mean that everybody's great, but it does mean that we have to look at everything purposefully. We have, to, we have to keep that in mind first and foremost, you know? And now finally, I say this, this last portion, that riddle that I didn't, didn't quite solve yet, Are they going to believe in falsehood? Are they going to believe in, why, why even talk about falsehood, you know? This ayah should be about gratitude and ingratitude, but Allah made it about faith and disbelief. So it's so interesting, you know? So what, what, does, what do we learn from that? Actually, we learn from that that my iman, my faith, is actually directly associated with how grateful I am. The more grateful I am, the stronger my iman is. The less grateful I am, the weaker my iman is. And when I'm focused on things that aren't true, like batil means I'm looking at my family and all I see is problems. All I see is these are the people why my life is so difficult. This is what they did, this is what they did, this is what they did. All you have is this list of blames for these people. And it's always what's living in your head, constantly. You're reliving it. I still remember what you said. I still remember what you did. And because this, this, is, this shapes your view of them. Now you see them as these people that all they are is a source of pain. That's all they are. This is a batil. But because these people, even if they caused you pain, behind them is a, is, a, is a ni'mah of Allah, and you must discover that ni'mah. And you cannot, if you just reduce them to just a curse in your life, if you reduce them to just some kind of you know, evil or hurtful people, they're human beings, they're not devils. Nobody's an angel, and nobody's a devil. Allah created angels and devils, those are separate species, we're human beings. You know what that means? We do good things like angels sometimes, and we ba do bad things like devils sometimes. We're human. So you cannot just take some good things and say, this person always does only good. And you cannot take some bad things and say, this person all they ever do is bad. When we reduce people, especially in our families, to their mistakes, 
and we beat them over the head with those mistakes and we create a false, a batil narrative about them, then we have actually denied a favor of Allah. You're not seeing the good in them. You're not seeing their ability to overcome the bad that they did. Human beings can change. Human beings can grow. They can evolve. But you have, you've started believing in batil. And Allah calls this believing in batil in the ayah. Subhanallah. What an, just this one small ayah, but it changes the way I see myself. It changes the way I see others. I no longer tolerate the conversation, oh, your uncle, he's never going to change. Oh, your cousin, he's always going to be like that. Oh, these people, I know, you don't know. My dad, you know, is just hopeless. That's just hopeless. Who are you to say, who am I to say hopeless? Who are we to determine the future? May Allah Azza wa Jal give us real compassion and gratitude for the family that He's given us. May Allah Azza wa Jal give you the wisdom, the strength, the guidance to overcome the challenges inside of your family, to be able to have deep, meaningful, rich conversations purposefully with your family, and to remember always that behind all of those challenges, it may be difficulty at face, but behind it is a favor of Allah. And that may Allah Azza wa Jal give us the ability to seek that favor of Allah and never be in denial of it. And may Allah not make us of those who falsely attribute something to our loved ones and we, because of the mistake they have made and we just attribute that and they have to live with that forever with our false attribution. You know, this is the mistake the, the sons of Yaqub made. They made an attribution to their dad. Inna abana lafi Our dad is lost and confused because he, he loves Yusuf more. He's unfair. Our dad is unfair and he's confused. That's it. Now everything he said, oh, he's just saying that because he's confused. Oh, he's just saying that because he loves Yusuf more. Oh, he, I, I don't know, listen to his advice. I know he's biased. I know he, so now they've painted him as biased. They've got this bottle on him. Now nothing he says matters anymore, right? We can do that to our family members. We can attribute a bottle sticker on them. And now whatever they say has no meaning because we already have, you know, we've decided everything they're saying comes from the same false place, right? So I pray Allah protects us from doing that to each other and unites our families and helps us overcome and heal the pain that we've been experiencing in them and truly makes us grateful for the favor that He has given us. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladhina astafa khususan ala afdalihim wa khatam al-nabiyyin Muhammadin al-Amin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Qalallahu azza wa jal fi kitabihi al-kareem ba'da an aqula a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim inna allaha wa malaikatahu yusallun ala al-nabi ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Allahumma salli ala muhammadin wa ala ala muhammad kama sallayta ala ibrahim wa ala ala ibrahim fil alameen innaka hamidun majid Allahumma barik ala muhammadin wa ala ala muhammad kama barakta ala ibrahim wa ala ala ibrahim fil alameen innaka hamidun majid الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا مقوتا